chapter ten of the pilot by james Fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ten and kindness like their own inspired those eyes affectionate and glad that seemed to love whate'er they looked upon whether with hebe's mirth or features shone or if a shade more pleasing them o'ercast yet so becomingly the expression passed that each succeeding look was lovelier than the last gertrude of wyoming the western wing of st ruth house or abbey as the building was indiscriminately called retained but few vestiges of the uses to which it had been originally devoted the upper apartments were small and numerous extending on either side of a long low and dark gallery and might have been the dormitories of the sisterhood who were said to have once inhabited that portion of the edifice but the ground floor had been modernized as it was then called about a century before and retained just enough of its ancient character to blend the venerable with what was thought comfortable in the commencement of the reign of the third george as this wing had been appropriated to the mistress of the mansion ever since the building had changed its spiritual character for one of a more carnal nature colonel howard continued the arrangement when he became the temporary possessor of st ruth until in the course of events the apartments which had been appropriated for the accommodation and convenience of his niece were eventually converted into her prison but as the severity of the old veteran was as often marked by an exhibition of his virtues as of his foibles the confinement and his displeasure constituted the sole subjects of complaint that were given to the young lady that our readers may be better qualified to judge of the nature of their imprisonment we shall transport them without further circumlocution into the presence of the two females whom they must be already prepared to receive the withdrawing-room of st ruth's was an apartment which tradition said had formerly been the refectory of the little bevy of fair sinners who sought a refuge within its walls from the temptations of the world their number was not large nor their entertainments very splendid or this limited space could not have contained them the room however was of fair dimensions and an air of peculiar comfort mingled with chastened luxury was thrown around it by the voluminous folds of the blue damask curtains that nearly concealed the sides where the deep windows were placed and by the dark leathern hangings richly stamped with cunning devices in gold that ornamented the two others massive couches in carved mahogany with chairs of a similar material and fashion all covered by the same rich fabric that composed the curtains together with a turkey carpet over the shaggy surface of which all the colours of the rainbow were scattered in bright confusion united to relieve the gloomy splendour of the enormous mantle deep heavy cornices and the complicated carvings 
of the massive woodwork which cumbered the walls a brisk fire of wood was burning on the hearth in compliment to the wilful prejudice of miss plowden who had maintained in her most vivacious manner that sea-coal was only tolerable for blacksmiths and englishmen in addition to the cheerful blaze from the hearth two waxen lights in candlesticks of massive silver were lending their aid to enliven the apartment one of these was casting its rays brightly along the confused colours of the carpet on which it stood flickering before the active movements of the form that played around it with light and animated inflections the posture of this young lady was infantile in grace and with one ignorant of her motives her employment would have been obnoxious to the same construction divers small square pieces of silk strongly contrasted to each other in colour lay on every side of her and were changed as she kneeled on the floor by her nimble hands into as many different combinations as if she was humouring the fancies of her sex or consulting the shades of her own dark but rich complexion in the shop of a mercer the close satin dress of this young female served to display her small figure in its true proportions while her dancing eyes of jet black shamed the dyes of the italian manufacturer by their superior radiance a few ribbons of pink disposed about her person with an air partly studied and yet carelessly coquettish seemed rather to reflect than lend the rich bloom that mantled around her laughing countenance leaving to the eye no cause to regret that she was not fairer another female figure clad in virgin white was reclining on the end of a distant couch the seclusion in which they lived might have rendered this female a little careless of her appearance or what was more probable the comb had been found unequal to its burden for her tresses which rivalled the hue and gloss of the raven had burst from their confinement and dropping over her shoulders fell along her dress in rich profusion finally resting on the damask of the couch in dark folds like glittering silk a small hand which seemed to blush at its own naked beauties supported her head embedded in the volumes of her hair like the fairest alabaster set in the deepest ebony beneath the dark profusion of her curls which notwithstanding the sweeping train that fell about her person covered the summit of her head lay a low spotless forehead of dazzling whiteness that was relieved by two arches so slightly and truly drawn that they appeared to have been produced by the nicest touches of art the fallen lids and long silken lashes concealed the eyes that rested on the floor as if their mistress mused in melancholy the remainder of the features of this maiden were of a kind that is most difficult to describe being neither regular nor perfect in their several parts yet harmonizing and composing a whole that formed an exquisite picture of female delicacy and loveliness there might or there might not have been a tinge of slight red in her cheeks but it varied with each emotion of her bosom even as she mused in quiet now seeming to steal insidiously over her glowing temples and then leaving on her face an almost startling paleness her stature as she reclined seemed above the medium height of womanhood 
and her figure was rather delicate than full though the little foot that rested on the damask cushion before her displayed a rounded outline that any of her sex might envy oh i'm as expert as if i were signal officer to the lord high admiral of this realm exclaimed the laughing female on the floor clapping her hands together in girlish exultation i do long cecilia for an opportunity to exhibit my skill while her cousin was speaking miss howard raised her head with a faint smile and as she turned her eyes toward the other a spectator might have been disappointed but could not have been displeased by the unexpected change the action produced in the expression of her countenance instead of the piercing black eyes that the deep colour of her tresses would lead him to expect he would have beheld two large mild blue orbs that seemed to float in a liquid so pure as to be nearly invisible and which were more remarkable for their tenderness and persuasion than for the vivid flashes that darted from the quick glances of her companion the success of your mad excursion to the seaside my cousin has bewildered your brain returned cecilia but i know not how to conquer your disease unless we prescribe salt water for the remedy as in some other cases of madness ah i am afraid your nostrum would be useless cried catherine it has failed to wash out the disorder from the sedate mr richard barnstable who has had the regimen administered to him through many a hard gale but who continues as fair a candidate for bedlam as ever would you think it cicely the crazy one urged me in the ten minutes conversation we held together on the cliffs to accept of his schooner as a shower bath i can think that your hardihood might encourage him to expect much but surely he could not have been serious in such a proposal oh to do the wretch justice he did say something of a chaplain to consecrate the measure but there was boundless impudence in the thought i have not nor shall i forget it or forgive him for it these six-and-twenty years what a fine time he must have had of it in his little aerial among the monstrous waves we saw tumbling in upon the shore to-day cuz i hope they will wash his impudence out of him i do think the man cannot have had a dry thread about him from sun to sun i must believe it as a punishment for his boldness and be certain i shall tell him of it i will form half a dozen signals this instant to joke at his moist condition in very revenge pleased with her own thoughts and buoyant with the secret hope that her adventurous undertaking would be finally crowned with complete success the gay girl shook her black locks in infinite mirth and tossed the mimic flags gaily around her person as she was busied in forming new combinations in order to amuse herself with her lover's disastrous situation but the features of her cousin clouded with the thoughts that were excited by her remarks and she replied in a tone that bore some little of the accents of reproach catherine catherine can you jest when there is so much to apprehend forget you what alice dunscombe told us of the gale this morning 
and that she spoke of two vessels a ship and a schooner that had been seen venturing with fearful temerity within the shoals only six miles from the abbey and that unless god and his gracious providence had been kind to them there was but little doubt that their fate would be a sad one can you that know so well who and what these daring mariners are be merry about the self-same winds that cause their danger the thoughtless laughing girl was recalled to her recollection by this remonstrance and every trace of mirth vanished from her countenance leaving a momentary death-like paleness crossing her face as she clasped her hands before her and fastened her keen eyes vacantly on the splendid pieces of silk that now lay unheeded around her at this critical moment the door of the room slowly opened and colonel howard entered the apartment with an air that displayed a droll mixture of stern indignation with a chivalric and habitual respect to the sex i solicit your pardon young ladies for the interruption he said i trust however that an old man's presence can never be entirely unexpected in the drawing-room of his wards as he bowed the colonel seated himself on the end of the couch opposite to the place where his niece had been reclining for miss howard had risen at his entrance and continued standing until her uncle had comfortably disposed of himself throwing a glance which was not entirely free from self-commendation around the comfortable apartment the veteran proceeded in the same tone as before you are not without the means of making any guest welcome nor do i see the necessity of such constant seclusion from the eyes of the world as you thus rigidly practise cecilia looked timidly at her uncle with surprise before she returned an answer to his remark we certainly owe much to your kind attention dear sir she at length uttered but is our retirement altogether voluntary how can it be otherwise are you not mistress of this mansion madam in selecting the residence where your and permit me to add my ancestors so long dwelt in credit and honour i have surely been less governed by any natural pride that i might have entertained on such a subject than by a desire to consult your comfort and happiness everything appears to my aged eyes as if we ought not to be ashamed to receive our friends within these walls the cloisters of st ruth miss howard are not entirely bare neither are their tenants wholly unworthy to be seen open then the portals of the abbey sir and your niece will endeavour to do proper credit to the hospitality of its master that was spoken like harry howard's daughter frankly and generously cried the old soldier insensibly edging himself nearer to his niece if my brother had devoted himself to the camp instead of the sea cecilia he would have made one of the bravest and ablest generals in his majesty's service poor harry he might have been living at this very day and at this moment leading the victorious troops of his sovereign through the revolted colonies in triumph but he is gone cecilia and has left you behind him as his dear representative to perpetuate our family and to possess what little has been left to us from the ravages of the times 
surely dear sir said cecilia taking his hand which had unconsciously approached her person and pressing it to her lips we have no cause to complain of our lot in respect to fortune though it may cause us bitter regret that so few of us are left to enjoy it no 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 said catherine in a low hurried voice alice dunscombe is and must be wrong providence would never abandon brave men to so cruel a fate alice dunscombe is here to atone for her error if she has fallen into one said a quiet subdued voice in which the accents of a provincial dialect however were slightly perceptible and which in its low tones wanted that silvery clearness that gave so much feminine sweetness to the words of miss howard and which even rang melodiously in the ordinarily vivacious strains of her cousin the surprise created by these sudden interruptions caused a total suspension of the discourse catherine plowden who had continued kneeling in the attitude before described arose and as she looked about her in momentary confusion the blood again mantled her face with the fresh and joyous springs of life the other speaker advanced steadily into the middle of the room and after returning with studied civility the low bow of colonel howard seated herself in silence on the opposite couch the manner of her entrance her reception and her attire sufficiently denoted that the presence of this female was neither unusual nor unwelcome she was dressed with marked simplicity though with a studied neatness that more than compensated for the absence of ornaments her age might not have much exceeded thirty but there was an adoption of customs in her attire that indicated she was not unwilling to be thought older her fair flaxen hair was closely confined by a dark bandeau such as was worn in a nation farther north by virgins only over which a few curls strayed in a manner that showed the will of their mistress alone restrained their luxuriance her light complexion had lost much of its brilliancy but enough still remained to assert its original beauty and clearness to this description might be added fine mellow blue eyes beautifully white though large teeth a regular set of features and a person that was clad in a dark lead-coloured silk which fitted her full but gracefully moulded form with the closest exactness colonel howard paused a moment after this lady was seated and then turning himself to catherine with an air that became stiff and constrained by attempting to seem extremely easy he said you no sooner summon miss alice but she appears miss plowden ready and i am bold to say miss alice able to defend herself against all charges that her worst enemies can allege against her i have no charges to make against miss dunscombe said catherine pettishly nor do i wish to have dissensions created between me and my friends even by colonel howard colonel howard will studiously avoid such offences in future said the veteran bowing and turning stiffly to the others he continued i was just conversing with my niece as you entered miss alice on the subject of her immuring herself like one of the various nuns whoever inhabited these cloisters i tell her madam that neither her years nor my fortune 
nor indeed her own for the child of harry howard was not left penniless required that we should live as if the doors of the world were closed against us or there was no other entrance to st ruth's but through those antiquated windows miss plowden i feel it to be my duty to inquire why those pieces of silk are provided in such an unusual abundance and in so extraordinary a shape to make a gala dress for the ball you are about to give sir said catherine with a saucy smile that was only checked by the reproachful glance of her cousin you have taste in a lady's attire colonel howard will not this bright yellow form a charming relief to my brown face while this white and black relieve one another and this pink contrasts so sweetly with black eyes will not the whole form a turban fit for an empress to wear as the arch-maiden prattled on in this unmeaning manner her rapid fingers entwined the flags in a confused maze which she threw over her head in a form not unlike the ornament for which she intimated it was intended the veteran was by far too polite to dispute a lady's taste and he renewed the dialogue with his slightly awakened suspicion completely quieted by her dexterity and artifice but although it was not difficult to deceive colonel howard in matters of female dress the case was very different with alice dunscombe this lady gazed with a steady eye and reproving countenance on the fantastical turban until catherine threw herself by her side and endeavoured to lead her attention to other subjects by her playful motions and whispered questions i was observing miss alice continued the colonel that although the times had certainly inflicted some loss on my estate yet we were not so much reduced as to be unable to receive our friends in a manner that would not disgrace the descendants of the ancient possessors of st ruth cecilia here my brother harry's daughter is a young lady that any uncle might be proud to exhibit and i would have her madam show your english dames that we rear no unworthy specimens of the parent stock on the other side of the atlantic you have only to declare your pleasure my good uncle said miss howard and it shall be executed tell us how we can oblige you sir continued catherine and if it be in any manner that will relieve the tedium of this dull residence i promise you at least one cheerful assistant to your scheme you speak fair cried the colonel and like two discreet and worthy girls well then our first step shall be to send a message to dillon and the captain and invite them to attend your coffee i see the hour approaches cecilia made no reply but looked distressed and dropped her mild eyes to the carpet miss plowden took it upon herself to answer nay sir that would be for them to proceed in the matter as your proposal was that the first step should be ours suppose we all adjourn to your part of the house and do the honours of the tea-table in your drawing-room instead of our own i understand sir that you have had an apartment fitted up for that purpose in some style a woman's taste might aid your designs however miss plowden i believe i intimated to you some time since said the displeased colonel that so long as certain suspicious vessels were known to hover on this coast i should desire that you and miss howard would confine yourselves to this wing do not say that we confine ourselves said catherine but let it be spoken in plain english that you confine us here am i a jailer madam that you apply such epithets to my conduct 
miss alice must form strange conclusions of our manners if she receive her impressions from your very singular remarks i all measures adopted from a dread of the ship and the schooner that ran within the devil's grip yester-eve may be dispensed with now interrupted miss dunscombe in a melancholy reflecting tone there are few living who know the dangerous paths that can conduct even the smallest craft in safety from the land with daylight and fair winds but when darkness and adverse gales oppose them the chance for safety lies wholly in god's kindness there is truly much reason to believe they are lost returned the veteran in a voice in which no exultation was apparent they are not lost exclaimed catherine with startling energy leaving her seat and walking across the room to join cecilia with an air that seemed to elevate her little figure to the height of her cousin they are skilful and they are brave and what gallant sailors can do will they do and successfully besides in what behalf would a just providence sooner exercise its merciful power than to protect the daring children of an oppressed country while contending against tyranny and countless wrongs the conciliating disposition of the colonel deserted him as he listened his own black eyes sparkled with a vividness unusual for his years and his courtesy barely permitted the lady to conclude ere he broke forth what sin madam what damning crime would sooner call down the just wrath of heaven on the transgressors than the act of foul rebellion it was this crime madam that deluged england in blood in the reign of the first charles it is this crime that has dyed more fields red than all the rest of man's offences united it has been visited on our race as a condign punishment from the days of the deservedly devoted absalom down to the present time in short it lost heaven for ever to some of the most glorious of its angels and there is much reason to believe that it is the one unpardonable sin named in the holy gospels i know that you have authority for believing it to be the heavy enormity that you mention colonel howard said miss dunscombe anticipating the spirited reply of catherine and willing to avert it she hesitated an instant and then drawing a heavy shivering sigh she continued in a voice that grew softer as she spoke tis indeed a crime of magnitude and one that throws the common backslidings of our lives speaking by comparison into the sunshine of his favour many there are who sever the dearest ties of this life by madly rushing into its sinful vortex for i fain think the heart grows hard with the sight of human calamity and becomes callous to the miseries its owner inflicts especially where we act the wrongs on our own kith and kin regardless who or how many that are dear to us suffer by our evil deeds it is besides colonel howard a dangerous temptation to one little practised in the great world to find himself suddenly elevated into the seat of power and if it does not lead to the commission of great crimes it surely prepares the way to it by hardening the heart i hear you patiently miss alice said catherine dancing her little foot in affected coolness for you neither know of whom nor to whom you speak but colonel howard has not that apology peace cecilia for i must speak believe them not dear girl 
there is not a wet hair on their heads for you colonel howard who must recollect that the sister's son of the mothers of both your niece and myself is on board that frigate there is an appearance of cruelty in using such language i pity the boy from my soul i pity him exclaimed the veteran he is a child and has followed the current that is sweeping our unhappy colonies down the tide of destruction there are others in that vessel who have no excuse of ignorance to offer there is a son of my old acquaintance and the bosom friend of my brother harry cecilia's father dashing hugh griffith as we called him the urchins left home together and were raided on board one of his majesty's vessels on the same day poor harry lived to carry a broad pennant in the service and hugh died in command of a frigate this boy too he was unnurtured on board his father's vessel and learned from his majesty's discipline how to turn his arms against his king there is something shockingly unnatural in that circumstance miss alice tis the child inflicting a blow on the parent tis such men as these with washington at their heads who maintain the bold front this rebellion wears there are men who have never won the servile livery of britain sir whose names are as fondly cherished in america as any that she boasts of said catherine proudly ay sir and those who would gladly oppose the bravest officers in the british fleet i contend not against your misguided reason said colonel howard rising with cool respect a young lady who ventures to compare rebels with gallant gentlemen engaged in their duty to their prince cannot escape the imputation of possessing a misguided reason no man i speak not of women who cannot be supposed so well versed in human nature but no man who has reached the time of life that entitles him to be called by that name can consort with these disorganizers who would destroy everything that is sacred these levellers who would pull down the great to exalt the little these jacobins who who nay sir if you are at a loss for opprobrious epithets said catherine with provoking coolness call on mr christopher dillon for assistance he waits your pleasure at the door colonel howard turned in amazement forgetting his angry declamations at this unexpected intelligence and beheld in reality the sombre visage of his kinsman who stood holding the door in his hand apparently as much surprised at finding himself in the presence of the ladies as they themselves could be at his unusual visit End of chapter 10